So this morning, we're going to talk about, uh, we've been continuing on in this series about a sure foundation, right? What is the foundation that you're building your Christian walk on? So this morning, we're going to talk about that the good news of the cross leads to joy. So when you think about joy, what comes to mind? So for some of you, if I gave you this chocolate bar, it would provide you at least a temporary joy, right? For some of you, if I gave you these, they might provide you joy. For some of you, it's your kids. You know, my kids provide me so much joy. Um, For some of you, it might be that the Oilers are winning finally. Maybe they can resurrect those ugly City of Champions signs. Um, Maybe it's that the Riders are winning or more like losing. Um, Or maybe it's completing a project or something. Those are all joyful things, but we're going to ask a question. I want you to keep this question in your mind today. What is the foundation for your joy? So as we've been going through this series, we come to a point in the scriptures where Jesus is telling his disciples that he will leave and then he will see them again. After, you know, in a little while, which is very confusing for them. They don't understand it, but what they will come to understand is that the good news of the cross will lead them to true joy in the end. When we think of these concepts, they don't always seem to go together. Like when you think of sorrow turning to grief, or sorrow turning to grief, sorrow turning to joy doesn't seem like they go together. It kind of sounds like if I came up to one of you and said, you know that bad news you received on Friday will turn to good news. Or like say you just got laid off or something bad happened and I come right to you that moment and say, this will be good news, I promise you. You're probably more likely to slap me than agree with me. So as we progress today, you'll see how Jesus has a different perspective on it. This morning, uh, I'd like to pray before we dive into God's word and may he reveal what we need to hear. Father, we just thank you for today. I thank you that you've brought this uh, passage to us, Lord, that uh, we can see your true joy that only you give. There will be sorrow in life and things, but you are our foundation and our hope, Lord. May you bless these, uh, these scriptures as we read through them. May you uh, encourage us and use them and stretch us as we need to. In Jesus' name, amen. So our text this morning, if you want to turn there, is in John 16. Um, We're going to start reading in verse 16 and go to 20, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit. So, uh, a little while you will see me, Jesus said, and no longer. And again, a little while you will see me. So some of his disciples said to one another, what is this that he says to us? A little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me. And because I'm going to the Father. So they were saying, what does he mean by a little while? We do not know what he is talking about. Jesus knew that they wanted to talk to him, so he said to them, Is this what you are asking yourselves? What I meant by saying, A little while you will not see me, and again, a little while you will see me. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice, and you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. So if that isn't confusing enough that he repeats himself, and then he doesn't even answer their question, because their real question is a little while, Jesus turns it and says, eh, I'm not going to answer that part. I'm going to tell you, though, you are going to weep and lament and eventually have joy, but the world's going to rejoice in that time, so you 
get to experience that as well, of other people being excited even when you're sad, but your sorrow will turn to joy. So if I was a disciple at this time and I heard this, I was thinking this week, I was like, did I understand what the heck he's trying to say? Like, A, I probably don't want Jesus to leave, right? Because if Jesus leaves, that means Jesus leaves. Like, how am I supposed to talk to him? How am I supposed to, you know? Because let's be honest, the disciples weren't always the smartest, right? Like, they kind of got a few things wrong. They were human like us. So in order to explain kind of the confusion that's happening and, like, pull together what Jesus is saying, we're going to turn to another scripture. So if you want to turn to 1 Corinthians 15 for me, we're going to talk about what is happening and what will kind of happen. So Paul is speaking to the church at Corinth. He's reminding them of the good news, which is the answer, the real answer to the question that the disciples are asking. So starting in verse 1 of Corinthians 15, we see, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. So this is where that good news answer comes. For I delivered to you as the first importance of what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in according to the scriptures. And he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James and then to all the apostles. So if we go back to the disciples' question, which was a little while, you will see me, and again in a little while, you will see me. You will not see me, and then again in a little while, you will see me. See how confusing this is? Um, What do you mean? Because that's a real question. Like, they're focusing on this little thing of a little while, but Jesus helps them. What you see here is in verse 3 that the answer is here. So you will not see me. Christ had to die, right? Like, so Christ had to die as, as Paul taught us, or as Paul is teaching us kind of afterwards, that Christ had to die for our sins. As the scriptures state, he was buried and was raised. He had to come back. And then he would appear to them. So, they will see, not see him, and then they will see him. So, ultimately, we're trying to express the good news of the cross, right? And that cross, that good news of the death on the cross will lead to true joy. The good news of the death on the cross, the burial and the resurrection is good news. Jesus had to die and go away, and after his resurrection, he had to reappear to his disciples, This all points us to joy because what it tells us is that what Jesus told us, that he forgave us of our sins, that we can have eternal life, is correct. The good news of the cross leads to true joy. In 1 Corinthians, we look back at that last part of John 16, 20. And it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament. But the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. So put yourself in the disciples' position. You hear this, and then let's fast forward a little bit, and it's time. And Jesus is being hung on a cross. You're weeping. 
you're lamenting, but the world thinks this is great. This was the right thing to do. We should do this. And we're done with this kind of heresy, right? But then the resurrection happens. And can you imagine what the disciples understood once that happened? That that joy, that sorrow turned to joy. Keep in mind that as the world ex- as is in the world, we experience fleeting joy. The disciples experienced everlasting joy. And to kind of take that meat and put uh, kind of con- uh, an example on it, Jesus gave us an example, which is awesome, so we could actually understand. And it starts in verse 21 of John 16, which says, A woman is giving birth. She has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy that that human being has been born into the world. So you also have sorrow now, but you will, I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. Jesus didn't say that the mother's sorrow and pain would be replaced. That sorrow was actually transformed into joy. Because that baby that caused the pain also causes the joy. It's been said that God takes seemingly impossible situations, adds a miracle of his grace, and transforms trial into triumph and sorrow into joy. The Lord thy God has turned whatever it might be into a blessing. So how many parents remember kind of the birth of their children? Anybody? Ah, Okay, I'm hearing all the ladies like, you know, which might not be good for my point. So anyway, we'll see. Hopefully you're like excited about this. Before we get there, uh, D.A. Carson said, so with the disciples, the thing that generates their grief, namely the cross, will ultimately prompt their joy. Their joy cannot be taken away. So coming back to that question, what is the foundation for your joy? What are you finding joy in? If we go back to Jesus' example, I remember this as a, as a guy, right? Like, I don't have to experience the pain other than if, like, your wife yells at you or throws something at you or whatever during birth, right? But I, I've seen the switch in joy, right? And I remember this. So when Kelsey had Jackson, God had blessed us in a church, and uh, he provided just enough money because we found out on our way to serve in this church that we were pregnant. And uh, Kelsey got really sick, and he provided enough money that we could live in this little tiny apartment and she could stay home because there was no way she would ever be able to work. So every day for nine months, she throws up. She can barely keep anything down. Like our moms are rotating through our house to take care of her. Then Jackson comes and we go through, you know, for her it was a lot of pain and anguish because we had to have emergency surgery and all these other things and But that joy, she saw this baby, right? And then like a year, 18 months later, she goes, we should start talking about having another kid. And I was like, do you remember what happened? What are you talking about? You were sick the entire time. I wasn't that sick. I'm like, yeah, you were. No, it was fine. Don't you remember all this like pain and how much you just told me you hated life and you didn't want to get off the couch and... No, I didn't say that. 
And as my wife calls it, she, she says it's called pregnancy amnesia. So that God gives you this amnesia so that you'll have another child because otherwise you might never. So for me, it's interesting to see how that, that joy and how that example that God gave us, right? Like that he turns that sorrow or that struggle or that anguish into joy. Which further reinforces that we have to remember that the true joy is only found in Christ. We can find joy in our kids, in, in our sports, and in our activities, and in the things we love to do. But that can't be the foundation for your joy. That's the foundation that will be fleeting. How many parents, or anybody in here, I guess, have Legos? Or Lego, sorry, I'm trying to be correct with my Lego terminology. Okay, a few people. Okay, well, you'll at least semi-relate to this then. So as parents, I get joy from watching my sons build Legos, right? They like to make things, and they buy those creator sets, and then, you know, we put them together once, and then you rip them apart, and the pieces are scattered everywhere, and you're never going to put that spaceship together again. But they come up with something else really cool, right? And so it's fun to kind of... Or take it as when you're a parent, you watch your kids, right, play, and they may not know you're right there. And you get joy from that. But at least for me, when I watch my kids play Lego, more than not it happens, they're not really paying attention, and I walk around the corner and then I step on a Lego. And there ain't any joy in that. And so that joy becomes very fleeting. We have a sign in our house that says, from one to stepping on a Lego, how much pain are you in? because that's kind of our life mantra with the amount of Legos we have in our home. So I say those things to say, what are those fleeting things in life that are fleeting joys that maybe aren't the thing that you need to be focusing on? Like we talked about this, chocolate bar. If I gave you just a little piece of it, and then I stood here and held this up, would you want the rest of it? I might not be any chocolate lovers in here. Okay, I got some people. Or if I did this, which she didn't know I was going to do this. FYI, always know what your boss loves. (laughs) We give Pastor Mark a peach ring. But he only gets one. And he gets to stare at the rest of these the entire service. While he has joy right now, that joy is going to be fleeting soon. Christ can provide the true joy as he died on the cross and was raised. So this morning, maybe you're thinking in life, here's a question. Is the, where, where are you putting your joy? Or maybe, your joy, maybe you feel like your joy is being stolen by something. John 10.10 10 tells us, Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I give you this example, like this example of John 10 10 gives you this. If you're trusting in Christ and you have this understanding, right? This is what God wants, right? Like this is the joy that only he can provide. It's not the joy that something else is providing for you. 
as we go to the next verses in John in 23. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whenever you ask of my Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and that joy may be full. So this is the prayer where Jesus comes to his disciples and invites, are invited to ask in Jesus' name. So before now, right, they haven't had to. Jesus has been sitting right there. So it's been much easier to have him sitting next to you, answering your questions, offering you what you may need, and answering your questions in ways that maybe, you know, go, if we go back, think about it. Jesus answered their question in the way they needed to hear it, not in the way that they wanted to hear it. They were so focused on a little while that they forgot the bigger question. So what, how did this happen? So why, did, why are these verses in there? It kind of seems a little disconnected, right? But the part is, is that it's about the good news of the cross that leads to joy. But the great, the part about it is it requires something of you this morning. It only happens if you ask, right? So this morning, think about where you're at in life. Do you have that relationship with Jesus? Do you know what that means? Do you know who I'm even talking about? Does it mean anything that he died on a cross, that he was buried, and that he rose? If you don't, that's your first step. Maybe you're a believer going through a time of trial. We have lots of people in our church that have parents with health issues. Maybe they're, maybe your own health issue. Maybe you have a struggle, you know. Where do you find that joy? For many of you, you know that our son Jackson was in the stallery a few weeks ago. Um, for most parents, that can be terrifying. For us, I wouldn't say it's not terrifying, but we're on our, like, eighth time, so we kind of got this down pat. So, But we, where's that foundation, right? Like, if I'm not rooted in, in Jesus, then I'm going to freak out every time something little happens, right? So Jesus has to be your foundation this morning. Maybe you're saying, I have joy. My life's happy. I love what's happening. Um, I really feel blessed. Whatever it might be, then my question to you is, who are you sharing that joy with? Who are you communicating that with? Do people actually see the joy that you have? Is it an outward expression or is it just truly inward? Is it something that they actually understand? And, and also, is your joy stretching you? You know? Are you willing in that time of trial or in that time of struggle or in that time of saying, I have great joy, is God stretching you in that? Or is your joy just kind of even keel. So this morning, I want to spend a few minutes in a, as a, in a time of reflection. Um, I'm going to pray, and uh, 
allow like things to just kind of sink in. Allow you to kind of answer these questions in your head. Talk to God. Find out where that joy, that true joy for you is. Uh, if it is that you want, you need someone to pray for you after the service, I'd be more than happy to. If you want to talk about what Jesus' salvation looks like, we can have that conversation. If you want to just know where, what, what Jesus has for you and why this is important to your foundation, we can do that as well. So we're going to spend a couple minutes in prayer. Um, if you want to bow your heads and just spend that time reflecting with Christ. Oh, Lord, man, we just, we live in a world, Lord, where we don't always see joy or we see joy that's so fleeting. Lord, that there are things that we get caught up in, we get caught up on, that have nothing to do with you, Lord. I pray for us this morning as a congregation and as people of you, Lord, that we would have a foundation that is on you, that it's solid, Lord. It is not of us. The Lord, it's just very much of you. I pray that uh, we don't get caught up in, in wanting and looking forward to something so often that that's what we've placed our joy into, other than spending time in serving you, Lord. If we're hurting today, Lord, may we find your joy in it. May we understand that it might be a sorrowful time or a grief-filled time or whatever, but that you can transform that into joy, that it's of you, Lord. Father, may we just be stretched, you know. May we find joy in the things that maybe we don't necessarily love to do. May we realize that while we may go to work, we work for you, Lord. We honor our boss, but we, we're here to serve you, Lord. I pray that we're sharing this joy. I pray that we're pouring in to others as well, Lord. And I pray that you're just encouraging us today. Father, may you just pour out this morning. As the worship team comes up and we get ready to sing and we just feel your presence, Lord. May you just have your... Uh, hand upon us, Lord. We just feel your presence. We thank you for meeting with us. We thank you for changing our hearts and our lives. And I pray for those, if there are people here who don't know you, Lord, may, may we be able to uh, talk with them. May you bring their hearts forward this morning. Father, we just give this all to you in Christ's name.